Have you ever wondered if you're being all you can be? If you're living life beyond what you think is possible? Each of us has just one life to live, and that should be amazing. Join us for this series as we look through the Bible and discover how to live life beyond. The time is now to live like never before. We hope you enjoy. I want to start off by saying thank you to our worship team. I I feel like I keep saying that, but we are incredibly blessed to be able to have a variety of amazing worship leaders. And I, I want to give a shout out to our worship director, Mandy Pino, who really helps put all this together. Well, today we're starting a brand new series called Live Life Beyond, and I am so excited for this new journey that uh, we're going to be starting here today. Um, You may or may not know this about your pastor, but this guy loves baseball, and I miss it. And yes, I know that hopefully it's going to be starting here in a few weeks. But um, I, I don't only just love it, but I love uh, to watch it, uh, I love to read about it, and I loved to play it. And uh, in my short little career from the age of six to uh, the age of 15, the position that I played the most was catcher. Now, um, I wasn't your typical catcher because on every team, I was the smallest player. And I mean by far. And typically your catchers are usually really strong and, and, and they're muscular and uh, big. And I was the opposite. But I did well at catcher, not because I had a strong arm, because I didn't. But uh, I just had a lot of pride about the position. And my dad taught me early that you are a block wall, or as he would say, a brick wall. And my job was to not let any balls pass me. So I did everything I could. Well, if you fast forward um, later in my career, I uh, got to go on the all-star team. And I remember a particular game out in San Bernardino. And we were playing in this big stadium. And I was thrown off by that. I was probably a little intimidated. And I was catching a pitcher I, I didn't usually catch. And let's just say a few balls passed me. Well, I could hear my dad particularly in this game, but always uh, as I caught, no matter when, I could hear my dad, when he saw that I was struggling, I would hear these words, bear down. And sometimes it was bear down, Robbie, or sometimes it was bear down, Denton. And, and, and I remember talking to my dad about what that meant. When he said bear down to me, he meant don't give up. He was telling me that you've got this. You need to focus. And Robbie, your team needs you. Why do I share that? Because as we start this series, I want to say that wherever you are at as a Christ follower, may I be as bold to say that I could picture our Heavenly Father sitting in the stands of heaven at this moment, looking down across this world at his children, those that call themselves Christians, and I could hear our Heavenly Father sharing those words, bear down. Bear down. Why? Just like when I was a catcher and I was struggling and I perhaps wanted to give up, 
or I was doubting myself and, and I wanted to throw in the towel and my dad brought those words of bear down to bring me courage, to lift me up, to put me back on target, to help me to focus. I believe that God would want to say to us right here, right now, bear down. And that's what this series is about. I'm excited about it for my life and for your life as Christ followers. There's a book that I'll be using as a resource. It's called A Life Beyond Amazing, and it's written by a pastor by the name of David Jeremiah. And David Jeremiah writes this. He says, each of us has just one life to live. Our lives should matter and have purpose. They should be amazing. But as we look around, we see disheartened people living in defeat and disarray. My friends, it's time to bear down. And it's time to live life beyond. Will you pray with me? God, it is good to be in your presence. It's good to just take some time out and pause and listen to you speak into our lives words of truth, words of encouragement, words of hope, words of conviction and inspiration. God, we are pleading, we are begging, we are asking that through your Holy Spirit, you would teach us. God, that you would lead us to the place where you want each and every one of us. God, thank you beforehand for what you're going to do. I love you, we love you. In the powerful name of Jesus, and all God's people say, amen. January 8th, 2017, one of the best known giant sequoias by the name of the, the pioneer cabin tree fell in the midst of a stormy night with rain and wind. This tree has a history, and you can go Google it and see pictures of it. Actually, I hope, uh, we'll show you one right here. But you see how massive this tree is. People could drive through it. You could, you could build a house at the center and the core of it. But you see the hollowed interior was, 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 was not strong enough to help the, the tree withstand the challenges it was going to face. And even though she was big and she was beautiful, her core was gone, her limbs were brittle, and her roots were shallow. Friends, we can't do life on our own. And if we want to live life beyond, if we want to live an amazing life as Christ followers, we need to be reminded that we can't do this on our own. I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. I don't have the courage. I don't have the wisdom. And nor do you to do this thing called life on our own. 
And that's why when we said yes to Jesus Christ, when we gave our life to him, we, we were given the gift of the Holy Spirit that was promised in Scripture. If you could open up your Bibles at this moment, John chapter 14, verse 25. Jesus says this, All of this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you, praise God. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The reason I share this passage out of scripture is to remind us if we wanna live life beyond, if we wanna live an amazing life, we've got to be reminded that we as Christ followers have the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit available to each and every one of us. Where we can't, God can. And you'll see why this is the foundation for the message because the topics that we're going to be looking at from here on out, they could be hard to, to think that we could actually do these very things, that we could, we could live these characteristics out like God would want us to do. And if I shoot straight with you, I can't on my own. And sometimes if I'm really honest, I don't want to. But again, it's time to bear down as Christ's followers and be reminded of the power through the Holy Spirit that each and every one of us has. Paracletus is the, the Greek word, and it simply means helper. And I don't mean simply because it's, it, it's nonsense or it's just all kind of a, a small thing, but, but Jesus promised us a helper. Are you leaning into the power and the strength available through the helper? Am I leaning into the power and the strength of the helper? <laughs> if, again, I want to live this amazing life, I, I can't do it on my own. But God in me can. There's so much more to talk about with, with, the, with the Holy Spirit. I mean, uh, you talk about the word power that's associated with, with Holy Spirit. And the, the word is, I, I believe it's which we get the, 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 the English word dynamite. It's explosive, it's power. And when you, it's powerful, when you talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, you are talking about uh, an explosive power like dynamite that's available in each and every one of our lives. It's the same power that scripture says that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That's that same power that's in you and I as Christ followers. And the question is, are we tapping into it? Well, that leads us to the passage that we'll be spending the rest of this series in. And I want you to turn there. It's in, in Galatians. And it's Galatians chapter 5. And Galatians chapter 5, uh, I, I want you to, to go down to, chapter, uh, to verse 22. But as you're turning there, I, I want to remind you that, 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 that we're being reminded to, that, that we've been set free free because of Jesus Christ on the death, uh, Jesus Christ's death on the cross, that we don't have to live as slaves, but we're, we're, we're set free, and, and we need to be plugging into this power, but, but, but the struggle is flesh and blood. The struggle is, am I going to listen to the angel on my shoulder and do what God wants me to do, or the devil on the other shoulder, kind of like those 1970s cartoons? 
and, and, then, and, and then the author shares with us, this is what it looks like in verse 19 through 21 if we, we listen to the flesh and we live according to the flesh. And he says, man, hatred's going to be in our life and discord and, and rage and selfish ambitions and factions and drunkenness and enviness. Does that sound familiar? But then I want to go to the good news part. Verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in one's life is what? Read this with me. It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's forbearance. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verses 19, 19 through 21. We've, Christ put to death those things. But since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in touch with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Oh, my goodness. I don't need to talk about the context of, of what this message is, is, is coming to and, and the backdrop of what is going on in our world. But I say this with a smile on my face. I say this with encouragement in my heart where some of us could be incredibly discouraged. It's time to bear down. It's time to be reminded again that we have the Holy Spirit available to us and the fruit of the Holy Spirit are all these wonderful things. And that's what I believe God is calling us to be reminded of in this series. So with that being the foundation, Let's dig into the first characteristic that's shared in Galatians chapter 22. What is it? What is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? I hope that you said love. Because as I read this chapter, that's, that's what this book says. It's love. And so from here on out, I want to talk about love. So if you're taking notes, that, that, that was all the, 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 the foundation. And now we're going to dig in. I want you to write this down. Number one, number one point. It's actually a question. What is love? Now, I, I know, honestly, that that's a loaded question. Would you agree with that? I mean, we talk about love all the time. We talk about loving God. We talk about loving baseball. We talk about loving In-N-Out Burgers. And we talk about loving our spouse, or we talk about loving the outside. And we talk about loving the TV show Friends, I don't know, whatever your thing is. But it's so confusing because you look about at that, I'm, I'm equating my love for God with my love for the TV show Friends or my love for the Dodgers and it's equal to my love for the, my wife. So this, this love thing could be very confusing. Let me make it even more confusing. <laughs> we talk about giving love. We talk about making love. We talk about receiving love. And we talk about desiring love. And then we turn on the radio and we find out through songs that love is amazing, that love stinks, that, that love is a drug or my drug, love is a battlefield, uh, crazy love. We talk about hurt by love. All I need is love. And then, of course, foreigner, I want to know what love is. So what is love? Why do we write about it? Why do we text about it? Why do we, why do we talk about it so much? It's because we all want to be loved. 
We want that reassurance. We want affection. We want acceptance. We want fellowship. I love this quote. Love is oxygen for the soul. Love is oxygen for the soul. You know, the second a baby is born, it needs to be held tenderly. Why? Because we all want and need love. The NIV Bible, right here, the, the version that I have. The word love occurs 567 times. You can read about love from the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, to the very last book of the Bible, Revelation. It could be said that this is a love story. Love is what makes every part of life beyond amazing. Think about that. Love is what makes every part of life beyond amazing. And as Christ followers, filled with the Holy Spirit, the love of God ought to be flowing out of every one of us. Let me say that again. As Christ followers, the love of God ought to be flowing out of every one of us. Amen. Here's a question for you and me. Is it? I want you to sit on that for a second. Is the love of God flowing? out of you and I. This is not the love that the world would talk about, a feeling kind of love. But it's more about doing. This is the love that this book talks about. I want to go back to uh, David Jeremiah and his book, A Life Beyond Amazing. And he says this, he says, this love isn't a spiritual sensation. This love wears work gloves and handles the everyday nuts and bolts of life. It's highly practical. It hugs the lonely, feeds the hungry, tends the sick, comforts the sorrowful, and puts up with the unsufferable. It is, it is kind and it's long-suffering. It's pure and it's perceptive. It's positive in its outlook. It is truly the key ingredient of a life beyond amazing. Do you agree with that? This is the kind of love that I'm asking. Is it present and oozing out of our lives? Which now leads me to the second point. The highest form of love. You see, the scripture talks about Three different kinds of love. You've got agape love and eros love and phileo love. And phileo love would be um, brotherly love. Eros love, uh, to simplify it, would be some uh, romantic love. But then there's agape love that we know as unconditional love. 
It's the kind of love that God has for you and I. It's a sacrificial love. It's not a love found on TV. It's not a love found on social media. It's not a love that maybe even found in your house, but it's an unconditional love that, that poured out from God in sending his one and only son. It's that love in John three sixteen where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It's a sacrificial love. It's not feeling, it's doing. I don't know, uh, and you go ahead and take my man card, but you're, you're watching this, so you, you can't. You'll have to get it later. But you know the, the Disney movie, Beauty and the Beast. And, and, and think about it, and if you don't know, there's this beast, it's a, a normal human being that turns into this beast, and, 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 and there's this, this character, her name is Belle, and uh, eventually uh, she's going to break this curse. But really, Beauty and the Beast is all about uh, someone having to truly love the beast despite his horrible appearance. And in the movie, we know that that happens, and it's all wonderful. And now I know you're going to all go get Netflix and watch it, and that's cool. But there's an English writer, uh, G.K. Uh, Chester, Chesterton, that said this about the, 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 the story. He says, the greatest lesson about Beauty and the Beast is that a thing must be loved before it is lovable. A thing must be loved before it is lovable. I want you to sit on that for a moment. That's not talked about often in our world today. We tend to love because we feel. We tend to love because we get something back. We tend to love And if we're really honest, oftentimes it's out of pure, selfish motives. But the agape love, the love from the Holy Spirit that's filled within each of us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's being talked about, the challenge of the Heavenly Father sitting in the baseball stand saying, bear down in this area of love, is a love that goes beyond feeling. Wouldn't it be amazing if Christians were as obsessed with God's brand of love as society is obsessed with the world's concept of love? Wouldn't it be amazing if Christians were as obsessed with God's brand of love as society is obsessed with the world's concept of love? How would our world look different even today? Which leads us to the cross. Jesus' love poured out on the cross. He didn't talk a good talk while here on this earth. And then skip out on the cross but he put his money where his mouth is and not his money, he put his life. 13 times in the New Testament, we're commanded to love. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this second thought about love and it's the command of love. 
Turn your Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 and in verse 34. Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Now, now the, let's just be honest. I've read this a hundred plus times in my life. And I'm, that first part is hard, right? A new command I give you, love one another. That's like, oh, that's hard. But then it gets harder in my opinion. He says, as I have loved you. He set the standard. And how did he set the standard? He loved us to death. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? If you love one another. 13 times we're commanded to love one another. It's not an option for us as Christ followers. Listen, it's a privilege. Now that might not set well with you, but here's the reality. I wouldn't be here being able to share this stuff if I did not, was not able to receive that love from Christ myself. And again, I can't do the very thing I'm asking us to do on my own. That's why we have to go back to the beginning of the message. You and I have got to be filled with the Holy Spirit to do this. The world is watching us and waiting to see this G, if this Jesus thing is really, really, really what we say it is. Are you and I different than the world? And specifically when it comes to this topic of love. Oh, but so-and-so did such and such to me. But let me tell you, there's no so-and-sos and buts about this. Because the truth is, I didn't deserve the kind of love that Jesus gave me on the cross. Jesus could go, but Rob did this and this and this. Why do I have to go to the cross? Why doesn't he go to the cross? That's what's so amazing about this agape kind of love. So how do you and I know if we're loving like Christ? When it's not about how we feel, but it's about what we do. Love is action. Love is a verb. The command is to love. It's not an option. Which brings me to my third point. Love, <laughs> you're going to like this one. At least this guy thinks it is. Love is hard work. This kind of love is hard work. Turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, and we'll go to chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, uh, verse 7, it, it says this, For the Spirit of God that, that he gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Love is hard work. But again, God has, has not asked us to do something that we're not capable of doing. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and you're going to see a whole list of characteristics of what love looks like. And, and, and I'll challenge you, you, you go ahead and read 1 Corinthians and we're in verse, uh, verse 4 where it says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, and it goes on. You put your name where it says love. So it would look like this. Rob is patient. Well, then you have to ask the question, is that true of me? Uh, Rob is kind. Is that true of me? It's a, it's a good test for us 
But after all of this, and we're not going to spend any more time on this section, but after all this, we forget about what this chapter ends or what, what the next chapter begins with. And it simply tells us to pursue love. So over and over again, we could read about this thing called love. Again, I, I want to read to you out of Jeremiah's book. He says, the beautiful one another commands of the New Testament are famous, but it is also, like, but it is also striking to notice the one another's that do not appear there. For example, he says, sanctify one another, humble one another, scrutinize one another, pursue one another, embarrass one another, corner one another, interrupt one another, defeat one another, sacrifice one another, shame one another, marginalize one another, exclude one another, judge one another, run another's life, and confess another's sin. And I'd never read or heard anything like that, but it's so true. And yet I think sometimes we as Christ followers are better at doing that than doing what this calls us to do. And that's not a shame on you or a shame on me, but it's just an honest evaluation. And as my dad would have said, bear down. It's time for us to rise up as Christ followers to allow the gift of the Holy Spirit to dwell in each of our hearts and our lives and to bear the fruit, this first characteristic of love. Jesus modeled it, right, on the cross? Didn't he look to the heavens just before his final breath and say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do? The last point is practice love every day. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 says this. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And then listen, underline this. Do everything. What do you think it's going to say? Do everything in love. I don't know about you, but this, this, these passages that we've read today have really convicted my heart. I need to do a better job of having the fruit of the spirit of love in my life. Especially, and I didn't even read the passage, with loving my enemies. With loving those that are hard to love with loving those that I disagree with, loving those that may criticize, loving those that I don't think deserve it. But thank you, Jesus, for modeling a different kind of love. Amen. So this last one is practice love every day. I want to share with you an illustration that I heard of. And uh, it starts with this. It's in my hand. It's a quarter. Maybe you could grab a quarter afterwards and, and live this out. But I want you to listen up. You see, we think that giving all of our life to the Lord is like taking a $1,000 bill and laying it on the table before him and saying, here's my life, 
Jesus. I'm going to give you it all. But the reality for most of us is that he sends us to the bank and asks us to exchange that $1,000 bill for a bunch of quarters. And we go through life putting 25 cents here and 50 cents there. We listen to the neighbor's kids' troubles instead of saying, get lost. We go to a committee meeting. We give a cup of water to a shaky old man in a nursing home. Usually giving our life to Christ isn't glorious. It's done in all those little acts of love. 25 cents at a time. Will you love this week like Christ loved us? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and bring you to places that you would never have been and love one quarter at a time? That's the challenge. Will you bear down? This world needs us, my friends. This world needs the love of Christ. Remember, Lord, your tender mercies and your love. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. And your love that you've always shown me. You forget all my rebellion.